Are you offering your clients the experience they really want? Or are you offering them what you think they want? Join hosts Laura Gregg and David Partain from FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds as they talk with a variety of industry experts and advisors, just like you, about their latest industry research to help you develop the flexible mindset you need to rise above the crowd. Hello, and welcome to the Flexible Advisor Podcast. I am Laura Gregg, and I am joined with my co-host, who I'm going to call International David Partain. <laughs> David, uh, you just flew back from the UK. Are you one, awake, and two, how was your trip? I am very awake. It was a great trip. Thank you, Laura. It is interesting to go there during COVID. I think it's interesting to go anywhere during COVID, but it was interesting. And I'm very excited about our today's podcast. It is cold here in Chicago, but we're going to have us a hot conversation, Laura. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> On the Flexible Advisor, we always seek to invite guests that will provide unique insights and actionable ideas for advisors that want to fine-tune or grow their businesses while deepening client relationships. You know, many firms, advisory firms are in rapid growth mode and 2021 has been a banner year for so many firms. With this growth, however, comes the challenge of scaling efficiently and cost effectively, all while continuing to deliver a high caliber of customer service and memorable and a memorable client experience. Our guest today is Adam Boyer, the head of business development for Northern Trust Digital Investment Advice Business Emotomy. Adam is responsible for defining and executing the globally integrated sales, marketing, and business development strategy to accelerate adoption and utilization of Emotomy by wealth and investment advisors. Uh, if you're not familiar with Emotomy, it is an institutional caliber digital advice platform that lets you easily personalize and brand your advice at scale. It is designed specifically for advisors and it was designed by a CIO who had a deep understanding of investments and advisors' needs. Emotomy is a technology that can empower an advisor's practice by helping to make it easier to deliver a firm's full value chain to clients through enhancements to back, middle, and front office capabilities. And if you are a longtime listener of the Flexible Advisor, you may remember Adam from a show we published in the spring of 2020, right at the beginning of COVID. When we were planning for this conversation, Adam uh, called himself the OP, <laughs> the original podcaster, a playoff, another term of which, of course, I had no recognition. My daughter told me, check the Urban Dictionary, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I digress. You know, in our last conversation with Adam, he shared some wonderful insights on easy things that advisors can do to build a memorable and enduring client experience. And today we're going to talk to Adam about the client experience again, but in this episode, we will be focused on how firms can fine tune their workflow or technology solutions and why they shouldn't be just thinking about outcomes for clients, but also and equally important about the outcomes that they're creating for their internal stakeholders as they choose technology solutions. Adam, or should I just call you OP, thank you for taking the time to join us on the show again. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Really, really excited to be back. I think if I was just coming off a trip to London, maybe I'd say Sir OP, <laughs> um, but, but, but I'm certainly not that sophisticated. And so, you know, either Adam or OP is, is fine by me. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's good to be back. Uh, and I'm, I think this is a, uh, the 70th episode, right? So it's, we're, we're turning corners together, which is, which is pretty cool to see. So excited about the conversation. Well, thank you, Adam. And I guess Laura is going to go with nicknames today, but I'm going to stick with Adam. Um, and, and as you can see by the calendar, we're obviously getting close to the year end. And of course, with that comes 2022 business and strategic planning for many advisors. So I'm hoping that some of our conversation can help our listeners as they're thinking about budgeting and even usage of new digital tools to help them in the coming year. Earlier this year, FlexShares conducted a study on how advisors are building teams. And during that, I believe we provided respondents a list of nine strategic initiatives and adding technology solutions throughout the business ranked number one, and that was just as it had in 2019. So I'm curious, when you speak with your advisor clients and prospects, are you hearing something similar? And is technology the most pressing issue for most? I think it is, but it's almost a sort of a, a subset or, or a, a, an out, a, a dependency, right? Where technology hmm. is, is certainly a means to an end, right? I mean, the, what, what, what the yeah. question really is, is what problem are they trying to solve in their business? And that's a, that could be a number of different things based on you know, who the advisor is, who the clients are serving, the stage of business they're in, uh, et cetera. And so ultimately, yes, technology is it, um, but it's it's really about empowering that advisor to achieve something within their business that's causing a little bit of pain or maybe a lot of pain, depending. And so, and I'm a little biased in, in the conversation that when you talk about technology solutions, right? Emotomy is a technology solutions for advisors. So yes, we're talking to a lot of them. Uh, technology is top of mind. And, and you noted that this time of year, Right. I mean, we are coming to year end. This is, this is budgeting season. And so we are having a lot of conversations with advisors today about what they want to do in 2022 and beyond from that perspective. Okay. So you help advisors with their pain. So maybe we should just call you doctor, Dr. Adam. <laughs> oh, no, doc, doc, <laughs> doctor, Dr. OP, I think, please. <laughs> All right, kid, can you then get a little deeper and tell us about some of the specific issues for which most advisors are seeking those solutions? <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you might hear this quite a bit through the conversation today. And it's something that we say uh, a lot, which is it depends. Mm -hmm. uh, because as much as advisors are all essentially trying to do or want to do the same thing, which is serve an investor, right? Uh, they've all fiduciary responsibilities. So it's really about doing the right thing by their clients. They're all doing it in a different way. And so either, you know, by the clients are looking to serve or again, where they are in the life cycle of their business. And so, it's, it's hard to say specifically why folks are coming to us, but I'll give a broad stroke. And that's because we at Emotomy are, are we're a portfolio construction engine with practice management capabilities. Oftentimes, our first conversation starts with you know, empowering the advisor around being able to do better investment management. I mean, I'm, I'm still surprised, and I maybe even share this in our last, our last conversation, at how many... You've, fairly large advisors. I mean, we're talking hundreds of millions in, in, of AUM are, are managing portfolios and Excel sheets, right? And yeah. so they're, you know, advisors typically are hitting some point in their, in their cycle where they're becoming bandwidth challenged or really want to think about how they streamline solutions for themselves, but also for their investors. And so that's, you know, around things like, 
you know, onboarding pains, which, you know, paper is always a big, a big procedural pain, uh, practice management capabilities, aligning clients with, with the right portfolios. Those are all key and sort of part and parcel in terms of uh, what an advisor is looking for in a platform like Emotomy, but, uh, you know, because they've already done some of the core things first, right? I mean, like essentially an advisor is going to go out and find a CRM platform to begin with, right? Um, but as they grow and needs change, they're looking to slot in different different solutions that um, are able to solve for problems maybe they haven't thought of, or you know, they're looking to be strategic about it and really thinking more directly mm-hmm. about five years down the road and what, what technology is going to help me get there. You know, Adam, in the past, I used to manage our sales enablement team, and uh, we were responsible for managing our sales force uh, CRM instance, managing sales asset reporting, tracking leads, and you know, a variety of other things. And what I found out pretty quickly is that there's no shortage of really awesome digital tools out there uh, that can help solve for a lot of different problems. But, you know, as we started to, you know, I'm using air quotes, as we started to collect these tools, it became clear very quickly that, you know, unless they were speaking to one another, it, it wasn't going to work. We, we worked on creating, you know, some API connectivity. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we, we had a lot of insights and we got them quickly, but pulling them together in a cohesive and a meaningful way was really time consuming and not at all efficient for my team. And I'm wondering, you know, was I alone? <laughs> Um, or are you seeing similar things like this with the advisors that you're speaking to? Very similar. Absolutely. There are a lot of technology providers out there in the market today, for sure. And I'm, I used to be surprised that I no longer am that talking to an advisor probably once a month, maybe, you know, they'll mention a, a technology platform that uh, is, you know, directly in our space that I've never heard of because they're like brand new uh, and that's happening over and over again. And so the, the choices are, are almost unlimited in the way that you can build and design a technology stack. And because, and it goes back, David, to your question about what we're seeing and that it depends answer. Part of the reason why things aren't all interconnected is because every advisor wants to do it their way. And so it's very hard from a technology standpoint to really uh, have a, a one integrated platform that works from front to end in all the ways that an advisor wants. So you, you, you pull it together. And Laura, you'd said something interesting there, which is you collected technology, right? That's, that's often what we see as well is that Advisors have a lot of a lot of tech in their stack only because they've collected like the next shiny shiny thing, right? That looks pretty cool. Let me buy that. That looks pretty cool. Let me buy that. And haven't really thought about um, how that might work into their process or their business longer term. Uh, I've likened it to to making a sandwich versus creating a meal, right? I'm hungry. I go to the fridge. I throw together a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I consume it, right? It's solved my, like, I'm not hungry anymore, but it it really hasn't, I haven't really thought through it, right? I've just kind of like closed the gap immediately versus if I'm making a meal, there's planning, you got to think about the menu, the whole thing. And so uh, the guidance here is really not to collect, but the plan and then, and then really implement the tools and the resources that are going to be valuable for the business longer term and not just kind of go out and be like, that looks, that looks pretty neat. It seems pretty inexpensive. I'll pick it up. All of a sudden now you've got a hodgepodge of, 
of technology that uh, doesn't really work for the business and, and is hard to unwind and expensive. So, you know, I mean, I think you just said it there, really, it's about creating that well-designed strategy, thinking it, your forward firm, you know, your future firm versus today, uh, as it relates to your tech stack. But, you know, again, like, I, I remember you you showed me a slide uh, in a, a deck, the a presentation you were giving, and at one slide, and there, I don't know how many, two 200 brands, technology brands on it. You know, there's so many options. Yeah. So many options for slick tools. Um, So how do you figure out the strategy? What are, you know, for the advisors listening, what are some of the initial questions that firms should be asking themselves? And I'm curious, do, do you think it makes sense for firms to also get input from some of their happy clients, their trusted clients, as they're thinking about their their future firm and what it looks like in digital delivery? Sure. Yeah, uh, that, that could absolutely make sense in terms of getting client input and, and feedback. And I think they, they you know, advisors often do uh, for, from, from that just naturally, right, from that perspective. Uh, you know, but I think where, they, where, where advisors should start because of the the, the amount of options is, and we've talked a little bit about this already, but you start at, at the goal. So what, what are you trying, so what are you trying to achieve? You know, what is a must have versus a want, right? And then really defining that strategy as it relates to those, those key items and then budging it out, bucking it out and having a real, you know, putting it on paper, versus going out and getting the next best thing. You know, one of the things that I think is important to note here, which is often missed in the conversations we have, and I think as I've talked to other, other tech partners as well, something that they experience is, is that advisors will, will, will do all that planning, but they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll align the money, um, make sure they've got everything in, in place, but forget to allocate the resources necessary to actually onboard new tech, right? There's work to be done oftentimes in learning, adapting, Laura, to some extent, integrating across platforms and into your business. And so that resource component is pretty, pretty important uh, because you know, if essentially you can go out and find the, the, the thing that you think is going to be best. But if you, if you as an advisor, and sometimes you know, advisors are you know, one to three person operations, don't have the time to commit to actually implement it, Gosh, it's it's such a wasted opportunity for the business, and and additionally, from a resource or a, a, an input perspective, in in working and in, in getting input from happy clients, I think it's also important for the larger firms to work with and get input from advisors, right? Because adoption internally for some of the large organizations is always a, a consideration and a concern as well. Yeah, I know, I know we 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 struggle with that as well, you know, in a lot of different ways, getting the the internal adoption. Um, what what advice would you give, you know, in terms of, you know, so if you're a larger RIA, you, you may have an ops person or somebody that's filling that role along with probably others. How, you know, who are the key stakeholders that should be included as you're designing that strategy for, for uh, technology? Yeah, it's, so typically it's going to be, I would say, include advisors or a subset of advisors. I would say that uh, you've got to include the decision makers, of course, right? Those folks that are they're going to be making the decision and want to buy the technology, uh, and then uh, you know somebody that's going to be a, a point person, like a project person, 
for the implementation and the plan. I think those are those are probably the most three critical points. I mean, we, we have a lot of conversations with with clients that will, you know, we'll get on the line and we'll think we're talking to a decision maker, somebody that can move forward. At the end of it, they'll say, I love your platform. It's amazing. Let me go take this back to, to David and, and we'll have a discussion about uh, next steps. Well, and that just creates questions. It, it creates a gap in knowledge. And, and so I'd say, you know, make sure you bring everybody to the table that are important, influential, and want to have sort of a hand in the decision early on, not later, because it just it creates an efficiency for everybody. All right. So, Dr. OP, I'm wondering <laughs> if we're talking about advisors, and I've worked for a small business, I've been a small business person. And so we've talked about they've built their strategy. Phew, that's done. But what does execution look like? And how much time should a firm devote in terms of calendar months or hopefully it's months, and most importantly, in terms of the human resources that are needed to provide the inputs, and then also, you know, like review along the way. So what are some of the hurdles that should be considered in advance? Yeah, it's a tough question to answer directly because the, the sort of the time horizon really depends upon the technology. And, and, and again, stage of business, I, I, I kind of, I'm glad I, I I preface the it depends answer early in the yeah, conversation yeah. <laughs> uh, because it because it depends uh, you know again if you're if to your point if if you know a lot of a lot of RAs and advisors are are in a small business type of scenario and so there's not they don't have a technology person or a resource to assign directly to a project and so there's two or three folks that are that are key and then will be sort of the implementation the project manager and and everybody else. Versus a larger firm that may that may have a person, and it's a bigger integration, bigger project, bigger implementation. So rather than giving you an idea of, of calendar of months, I'd say one, it depends. Uh, it depends on size of firm and and sophistication of the integration within the within the technology. But I think the important point here, maybe to the question, is the advisor should step back and really think about what they believe in. And, and, you know, from, from our perspective as a, as a, as a, uh, as a partner, I mean, we'll be honest and clear about what the expectations may be, what it will take and what, what our most successful clients uh, are able to do based on what they've done in the past. Right. So I think maybe the answer here is it really depends, but what I'd say to a, to an advisor is, you know, as you get closer to wanting to implement solutions, ask the partner, what what is the best practice, right? How much mm. should I be be? How much time should I be allocating to this? You know, what will it take for us to to onboard in sixty days, ninety days, one hundred eighty days, depending, right? And then frame that out from a project perspective. You know, the onboarding teams should should, should certainly uh, do that on behalf of the advisor. We do right at Emotomy uh, in terms of the plan and, and map that out specifically to make sure it's all clear, transparent, and agreed upon. So I had a doctor, a lot of doctors say depends to me. So I think you're in good company. I think you're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Adam, you you know that um, we've been conducting research for now over ten years. I think we're moving into year twelve on uh, you know scalability and how advisors are, are scaling their practice. And, you know, for all of these years, uh, advisors have told us that, you know, they make certain decisions, whether that's outsourcing investment management or technology or compliance, whatever it is. But the, the number one reason is always to find more time uh, 
And the reason they want more time is so that they can devote it to business development, uh, client service, and just spending more time with clients, which, you know, makes sense. Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to move us to one of my very favorite topics, which I always talk about at the the top of the show, and that's the client experience. You know, I, I, I think we all know intuitively if done right, technology can really help us deliver better customer service, right? That's, that's the goal, more efficient service. But how, does it, how can we use it to actually enhance the client experience? Because I'm a true believer that if you have an incredible client experience, that's where your re- referrals come from. I, I recommend my favorite service providers to anybody who will listen to me because they do such a phenomenal job. And so how do we use technology to that, to that extent, to develop that client experience? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question and, and a deep question. And I, and I probably don't, we, we don't have enough time today, certainly to, to address it in a way that I think, think, think it, it can be. I, I will say though, that every, every technology provider, to your point, it's about, it's about the incline experience of the time back. Uh, you know, oftentimes, you know, back office capabilities on, on, a, on a technology will be put in a a, uh, a cost center type bucket because it's hard to generate or, or tie. I've you know, I get five minutes back as an advisor, and this equals X amount of dollars on an ROI perspective. But at the end of the day, you're you're right, Laura. The the desire is to do something to either offload pieces of work that I don't want to do that I just don't enjoy, right? Or um, get better at some of the things that I love doing and, and are good at. And so I think that's the idea is how do you think about technology in a way to, to, to enable the capabilities of the advisory firm to better serve their clients? And I think for client experience, certainly at the level of, for the advisor, how I engage with like my, my investor portal is important, of course, but at the fundamental level, the time allocation is really about, I think anyways, one thing, which is getting to know my clients better and better serving them and where they are in their life. And technology can certainly bridge that gap and bring those pieces closer because their data points are, are there, the connectivity points are, are, are faster. And then to your point, right, I've got more time to actually do the things that requires a human to do, which is pick up the phone or have a dinner and say, I know you, I understand what you're going through. Let's talk about what that means for your plan. And that's an important piece for advisors. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that we, we often get caught up and, you know, some solutions are, are pretty simple and straightforward, right? It's, you know, maybe as simple as putting in ticklers and, you know, tasks in your, in your CRM system to remind you when, you know, it's Dr. OP's birthday or, or whatever, <laughs> to, you know, or a couple of days in advance. So you have the time to schedule out that call that, you know, that birthday card, whatever it is. And it's just getting those inputs in, into a system that you can automate in a way that makes sense for your firm so that it seems like you're ahead of the head of the game. Not that you remember everybody's birthday, but you have these reminders. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly right. You know, it's, um, it can be as simple as that, or, you know, there's, there's certainly much more complicated systems and setups. And, and, and it doesn't take anything away from the importance of, if I don't remember your birthday, but I've scheduled it, 
I think that's just as meaningful, right? It was important enough for me to make sure I didn't forget. And then now as, as the end investor, um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a connectivity there. Um, a personal thing for me is I, I you know, I, I'm not so keen on um, you know, necessarily birthdays or like holiday cards, because those are easy things. But if you really get to know your, your, your investors and your clients, and then are able to either through technology that drives AI, right. Or, you know, very simply, you know, creating some sort of system to, as a reminder, to pick up on the other things that may be more important. Um, I don't know, they, they, they've, you know, they've gotten a promotion or they've gotten a new job and then you remember to call back on that or uh, they bought a new car and you check in four days, you know, you check in a week later about how it's driving. What do they think? Those points I think are, are really interesting and meaningful because it's differentiated versus a collection of, of, of holiday cards at the end of the year that essentially, you know, all of their partners or their relationships will be sending them. So being unique, and, and I think it goes back to technology enabling the ability to do this more seamlessly, is how do you differentiate in the areas that matter most for the business, of course, but even more so for the clients. And it should really start there at the client. I hopefully, love that. hopefully that makes sense. I, I, I rambled a bit, but hopefully that-, that Yeah, that <laughs> it does. And I think we're going to have to get you on again, talk about AI, but we don't have time today. But <laughs> for, for those listening that have- integrate that, you know, want to be integrating new technology. Uh, They've got it on their list of goals and in their budget for 2022. What advice would you give them? What's the best starting point? Call me? No. (laughs) (laughs) Be after that, assuming that they have a, you know, a different path, but. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's certainly start now and and almost in a way, go slow to go fast. Right. Uh, don't 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 make hasty decisions. There's a lot of of really cool tech out there, and what I'd say is, you know, don't don't get uh, blinded by by the next cool thing. And I'd say, from a technology perspective, because there are so many players, find a differentiating value for 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 those partners that you're looking to to work with, right? There's, there's, there's technology that sort of very specifically needs to do a thing for you. And that's perfect. But if you, if you, if there are technologies as well, that are able to help support the business sort of beyond the tech in a way of, 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 you know, resources and insights and, you know, just industry kind of framework. And that could be an important piece, right? Cause those are, those are things that folks often aren't looking for, but, um, there are partners out there that will do just that. And, and that can be an important piece as you evaluate. But I would say start now, go slow to go fast, really evaluate what you need versus what you want, and then find the partners that will deliver that plus. Okay, Adam, before I turn it over to David, I've got one last comment for you. And right. that is when we were doing our prep call, Uh-oh. I'm a big, I'm a big <laughs> Stones fan. I've yeah, seen yeah. them a few times. You, you said something to the effect of you can't always get the tech stack you want. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I, you know, I just love that analogy. Yeah. So it, it goes to a, a, a story that I heard about, um, you know, the Rolling Stones and essentially Mick Jagger. And it's about constraints. So in this case, we're, we, we aren't really talking about a, a space that, I mean, we're talking about the integration play, right? That essentially there's, there's, there's a lot of players in the, in the, in the market, but you know, we all always aren't talking to each other. And so what do you need to do? And, and you've got to get creative. And so the story went or that Mick Jagger in his early days 
uh, you know, were was playing pub scenes in in uh, in in Europe and around around the UK, and you know had a stage that was you know something like three by three or four by four. It was a small stage, and it was him and you know his his band. And so in order to the dance, right? He had to come up with this, this, you know, this mechanism or these movements that kind of were, were, were be, which became his, his, uh, his sort of his, his brand, right? In the terms of how he moves and move like Jagger, there's a whole song about it. And so he got creative in the, in the, in the, in the, in the balance of the constraints of the stage. And so in the same way, you know, the encouragement here is that, you know, understand the frame, the landscape, right? Do your research, you know, take your time, but you can't always get what you want. And, and oftentimes you've got to be creative in how you create the solutions for your business and for your clients at the end of the day. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fun story. So Laura is AI Adam intelligence. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> I, I, I love where this is going. Can I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, can I do, can I do a, a session 71? This is great. <laughs> it just may be. <laughs> All right. So Adam, you have shared great insights as we were just mentioning Adam intelligence. And I believe that it, our listeners will be able to put these insights into action right away. If an advisor is interested in a digital partnership to help them through this maze, however, how might Emotomy be able to assist? And can they actually just give you a call or shoot you an email? Absolutely. Uh, always happy to help and, and have conversations with, with advisors. And, and what, I'll, what I often tell advisors and one of the questions I ask is, you know, Emotomy aside, what challenges you have in your business? And let me figure out and help understand your, your, your scenario. And then we'll see if we can help in any way, right? Emotomy specifically, of course, but with the backdrop of Northern Trust, there's a lot that we can do for an advisor. So 100% uh, willing to, you know, give me a call, shoot me an email, happy to support in any way. And then how can Emotomy assist? It's really broad uh, from, from that perspective, uh, because as we, as we started out, right, Emotomy is a platform that really covers a lot of the, the critical and core components of a of an advisor's operations, um, but there are a couple couple fundamental or foundational things we do in the platform. You know, portfolio construction, uh, rebalancing tools, trading tools, etc. Uh, digital onboarding. So how your clients engage with you digitally, we we do well. Risk tolerance, risk questionnaires are within the platform as well. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting something. You know, or white brand, white labeled. Uh, branded full open architecture so you can use Emotomy in the way that you want. And then because we are Northern Trust, um, you know, the backdrop of Northern Trust in the way of investment solutions, expertise, guidance, advice is all there as well. And so we're, we're, we're pretty broad. And if an advisor is having a struggle, I would say it's likely that we can help in some way. That's uh, great. Well, Adam, it is always a real delight to have you on the podcast. And we look forward to speaking with you again soon. It's always fun. Thank you, David and Laura. Appreciate it the opportunity to be on today. Great. Well, if you're an advisor and would like to know more about Emotomy, all you need to do is just visit emotomy.com. That's E-M-O-T-O-M-Y.com. And if you would like to reach out to Adam, email him at adam, A-D-A-M dot Boyer, B-O-Y-E-R. That's A-D-A-M dot B-O-Y-E-R at N-T- rs.com or just pick up the phone and call him at 312-444-4292. If you like this podcast, you may also like the other FlexShares podcast called Funds in Focus. Check it out today and you'll find it wherever you get your podcasts. For myself and Laura Gregg, we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on today's episode of The Flexible Advisor. 
Thank you for listening to the Flexible Advisor Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds or Northern Trust. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider the FlexShares investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. This and other information is in the prospectus and a summary prospectus, copies of which may be obtained by visiting www.flexshares.com. Read the prospectus carefully before you invest. Foresight Fund Services, LLC Distributor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Although we attempt to keep the information complete and current, we do not warrant that the content herein is accurate, complete, or current. We make no commitment to update the content herein. It is your responsibility to verify any information before relying on it. The content of this podcast may include technical inaccuracies. We may make changes in the products and or services described herein at any time. We provide you this information with the understanding that we are not rendering accounting, legal, or tax advice. Please consult your legal or tax advisor concerning such matters.